Top 10 starting pitchers. It's Thursday, April 28th. This is the Just Baseball Show, and this is like as anticipated an episode as you could possibly have. You see the title, and you're like, wow, this is going to be thick. And it, it is going to be thick. This is a thick episode full of thick pitchers, and this is one of my favorite episodes of the year. Personally, I just love talking pitching a little bit more than hitting. I mean, obviously, I love hitters, too. I was a pitcher in high school. So were you. We just love talking pitching. Yeah, no, it is phenomenal. And you see the guys that are like the gold standard. And yeah. like on this list, you can pretty much find, you know, whatever somebody does perfectly in Major League Baseball, chances are a guy that's on this list does it perfectly. If you look at mechanics, one of these guys has perfect mechanics. If you look at, you know, the gold standard in fastball velocity, that guy's on this list. If you look at best breaking balls in the game, that guy's on this list. And of course, you look at like ERA and strikeout and all that stuff. Like they're a top 10 pitcher in baseball. Absolutely. But it's funny, the AL Cy Young Award winner last year is not on this list. And that's the problem with the top 10 starting pitchers is there's going to be a lot of names that you hear that you might not necessarily agree with. And there are also some names that will be left off that you probably think are top 10 or, or at least should be an honorable mention. But this is our list and there is no perfect list, but this is a perfect list. It's also the deepest position in baseball. I Think about it, right? You have five apiece, maybe six apiece on all 30 teams. Five times 30 is what? Five times 30 is 150. 150. There are 150 pitchers and we had to pick 15, five honorable mentions. So we'll give you like a couple of notable omissions and then we'll do the honorable mentions and then we'll do the top 10. But before we do any of that, I've got a little personal news that I want to share. Okay. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. I've not heard this yet. Yep. For the Just Baseball Show, big announcement. I started taking CMOS. Yes, that's huge. I have CMOS right here, Jack. Yeah, so I've got CMOS right here. I've got Nature's Secret Super Cleanse, the description here. Oh, you got to get rid of that. What is that? I got to get rid of it. It's got CMOS. CMOS is like one of the main ingredients. It's probably got got CMOS. You got to get this straight CMOS off Amazon. Okay, so tell me what CMOS does for you because this. This is from Nature's Secret. It's called the Super Cleanse, and it says that it's going to nourish, stimulate, and cleanse my colon. I'm looking to get cleared out, and I think this is going to do the job. Well, you caught me on the spot because I'm not exactly sure what CMOS does. (laughs) Placebo. It it could be a placebo, or but I I, got to say this with the CMOS and all my juices and all my pills. They do make me feel better throughout the day. They make me genuinely feel better. And that's what CMOS does. It makes my brain feel sharper. For example, I feel a noticeable difference in how I'm working, especially like we work and we type all day. Whether I take my CMOS in the morning or I don't, I feel it. I genuinely feel it. So I think it's working. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I 
I slightly overdosed on caffeine this morning. I want to tell you about that real quick too, before we get rolling. that every morning. Um, Cause I make a pour over every morning. I've got a pour over stuff. I, I like grinding my beans here. I've got, you know, a bean grinder. I buy the whole beans. Um, and I do that every morning. I did that. I had two cups and then I decided, you know what? Like I could use a little extra jolt. We had a 1 PM first pitch for the Indians and the Iowa Cubs, the Indianapolis Indians. I'm not talking about the Cleveland guardians. Um, so I'm going to stop by one of my local baristas and get uh, a cold brew. I had three cups of coffee and like a 16 ounce cold brew is pretty much like a cup and a half. So I had like three and a half cups of coffee. I mean, I just had like that mid game, like anxiety, like my chest is like, Oh God, what are you doing to me? So that's how I was feeling today, but I'm ready to go pitching. I overdose on coffee every single morning while I'm doing my best bets. And you should see me. I'm just jittery. I'm just jittery and just typing away, looking at X Woba versus the other pitcher in home road splits. And I wouldn't call it an overdose. It's an overdose of serotonin for me. I love it. Yeah. But, but then you come down and it's like, Oh God, like I came down right after our game ended, by the way, I have to rave about the pitch clock for a moment. Okay. Pitch clock in AAA is amazing. I I cannot wait for major league baseball to adopt the pitch clock. That's what I was hearing on a couple of the broadcasts too. I was just watching a game and, and the guy on the broadcast was saying that he loves the pitch clock in the minor leagues. Now I'm forgetting exactly what game that is. I think it was the White Sox versus the Royals. And, and one of the broadcasters was was saying the same thing as you. So um, Indy beat, um, who'd they just play? They just played Columbus. Indy just beat Columbus last Saturday in two hours and six minutes. I just watched a 3-2 Iowa Cubs win over the Indianapolis Indians this afternoon that took two hours and five minutes. It was amazing. I think average time of game is down half an hour. I'm also the one guy who doesn't really care about time of game. It could go three hours for me. I don't care. So, But that's just I, me. And I, I understand that the rest of baseball needs shorter games. So I thought that I didn't care. Um, and then you realize how much time some guys take between pitches. Sawamora, have you ever watched Sawamora throw? Like that guy is frustrating with how much time he takes between pitches. Didn't he set records? Guys, what? I think he set records or something. I remember watching a Red Sox broadcast and they were comparing him to the rest of the pitchers in history and how long he takes in between pitches. Dude, it, it's ridiculous. So now it's like if you if you dilly dally for too long, it's the umpire's discretion to call an automatic ball. Or if the hitter is not ready, it's the umpire's discretion to call an automatic strike. I've seen somebody get walked on an automatic ball. I've seen somebody get struck out on an automatic strike. And is it confusing at first? Yes. Did I get used to it quickly? Also, yes. And I kind of love it. Like, get ready to go, Chief. Can you imagine the chaos with Angel Hernandez behind home plate? He calls in the bottom of the ninth, like Kyle Schwarber, automatic strike. He's out, bottom of the ninth, game ends. Because you know he would do that. He would do that. That's why we can't have the ump show going anymore. <laughs> I like a lot of the AAA umps that we've got so far. I'm telling you, I have no problem with human umpires. I just need a vetting process. I know. It's the only profession in the world where you can be the worst at it and then still be put in high leverage situa- situations. You see Joe West has a podcast now? Yeah, it's probably doing well. I would listen to it. You know, you, I you guys can go listen to that one, but you better get back here and listen to our asses, okay? If you're listening to a Joe West podcast, you have to like our podcast more because you have to. that if you're going to listen to Joe West podcast, you love baseball podcasts and we're not Joe West. 
you know what? I'm xing you out. If you listen to Joe, if you listen to Joe West podcast instead of us, you can listen to Joe West podcast on top of us. But if you're choosing one and you choose Joe West podcast, you're a zero in my eyes. You're done. Another fight: Cardinals, Mets, Arenado. Yeah, Thomas Nitto, high and tight. He didn't charge the mound, but the bench is cleared in yesterday's game between the Mets and Cardinals. And uh, got a little bit dicey. I don't think anybody got ejected, though. Uh, Arenado got ejected. And the first base coach for the Cardinals, I want to say, got ejected as well. Okay. so uh, Arenado was for sure the instigator. Like, I, I don't think you can say that that pitch was, you know, intentionally like intent to harm. But it was brush you off the plate. Let, let him know what's up. It was a first pitch, 94 mile an hour fastball, like in the vicinity of his chin. Um, Arenado is a gamer. And we were just talking about this before we hit the record button. Arenado, like, I don't understand how you can dislike Nolan Arenado because, yes, he's intense. I love that intensity. And I wish everybody had the Nolan Arenado intensity. And all this guy wants to do is win as many games as possible for the Colorado Rockies and the St. Louis Cardinals. And he's not villainous at all. He's never been a member of the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the Yankees or any of those teams that are universally hated by the rest of the league, maybe even the Astros. No, he's been on the Colorado Rockies where he was consistent 40 bombs at 120 driven in. And then he goes to the Cardinals and he has a little bit of a slower start offensively. But now we see the regular Nolan Arenado is back and he's still defending like a Greek god. There is no reason for you to hate Nolan Arenado. If you hate Nolan Arenado, honestly, you're probably a loser. You're probably a loser. We're alienating so many people. We're saying if you listen to Joe, I'm Bu- down to Joe alienate podcast, Nolan Arenado haters. I'm down. I'll alienate them. Because you know what? what? I think I'm down for that too, and I'm also down to alienate Joe West lovers. So there we yeah. go. <laughs> those, 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 if you're a group, and those, nope. You know what? Not for us. Not for us. <laughs> Boom. I don't think we're alienating many people though. Let's get to starting pitchers. Before we do the honorable mentions, we had a lot of conversation. We had conversation on the back end of this list. I had no pushback one through nine. We, uh, I gave you some serious, serious pushback on 10. Uh, and I gave you some pushback on the honorable mentions too. The guys that are just on the outside looking in. AL Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray is not a top 15 pitcher in our eyes. Um, you know, I don't even think Robbie Ray is like top 20. Like I, I thought last year was as fluky as fluky gets. I understand that that's probably wrong. But um, I don't I don't think Ray is that strong. I think Ray is better than you think he is. But I agree. I don't think he's a top 15 pitcher right now. Another notable omission. I mean, Shohei Otani didn't make this list. And he has the nastiest splitter probably in the league outside of another notable omission, Kevin Gosman, yeah. who looks amazing this year to start. He might be that guy who we're like, ah, shit, we should have put Gosman on. Yeah. So Gosman is 16, in my opinion. Shohei, I just don't think he's thrown enough strikes for him to be a top 15 starting pitcher. Stuff-wise, you could argue he's top 10 in terms of the pitch makes 100 miles an hour, the nasty. But I agree, and he hasn't proved it now for a very long time. But in terms of pitch mix, like if he's just on for 200 innings using those pitches, he's top 10. But unfortunately, that just hasn't happened yet. I think if Shohei never had an at-bat in the big leagues, like take the hitting out of it, I understand everybody's going to be like, how oh, is Shohei not on this list? If Shohei never had an at-bat and you were looking strictly at Shohei the pitcher, I, I don't think there's much argument that he's not top 15. You might be right. You might be right there. Also, the saddest notable omission of all time. No Freddie. No, okay, Freddie can't throw strikes right now. 
No, Freddie. I'm worried that 2021 was fluky for Freddie. No. I'm no. so panicked, dude. Fastball Are you not worried about it? No. I will always believe in Freddie because Freddie's got the fastball slider combination from hell. He's great. He's good. He's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. There are also some other pitchers who have gotten off to slow starts. I mean, the guy who's going to be within our top five, I'm not going to ruin it. Garrett Cole is off to a slow start. There are, I mean, Jacob DeGrom hasn't, you know, he's been hurt. There are guys that have gotten off to a bit of slow starts. Another top 10 guy, Brandon Woodruff. I mean, he hasn't looked good whatsoever. He just gave up, what, four runs in in four innings yesterday or something. He's still going to be in our top 10. I, I'm not, that, I'm not very worried about Freddie, but yeah. I understand. I, you know, Freddie was in originally my honorable mentions because of course he was. It's Freddie Peralta, our freaking guy since episode three of the just baseball show, yeah. or really episode three of project the plate. And then he yeah. got turned into just baseball show, but now he doesn't make it this list. And it makes me sad. I hear you. Uh, should we get into the honorable mentions? Is there anybody else? I mean, Clayton Kershaw is pitching like one, but he didn't make this list. Um, Luis Severino is pitching like an ace. Didn't make yeah, but Sevy's list. not top fifteen. Like he's, he's not, but he's pitching like one. Just want to make that clear. Nestor, yeah, we'll Nestor, Nestor. <laughs> Serious? You think I'm joking? I hear you. Uh, there's no White Sox on this list. So no Giolito, no Cease. No Giolito, no Cease, and Cease is pitching like a top fifteen guy. No Giolito either. No but Aaron Cease. Nola. Uh, Nola isn't on this list. Here's the thing about Cease, though. Like, he can't throw strikes. Like, there are outings where he goes out there, and it's 99, and it's a knee-buckling knuckle curve, but he can't locate it. I, no, it was the perfect description of a Dylan Cease start on two, or on Wednesday, excuse me, against the Royals. Five no-hit innings. Five no-hit innings. 12 up, 12 down in the, through four innings. Then he gets to the sixth, allows a walk or two, then gets beat up, allows two runs in the six. So his stat line, you know, six innings, two runs. Yeah. But through five, he looks like one of the best pitchers in baseball. But then you get into the sixth inning, and I can't have that. I can't have that for a top 15 guy right now. But if he somehow figures that out, he could be one of the top 10. Yeah. Anybody else? We could, like, keep going with this list. We could. You know I mean? We really could keep going. I mean, um, also, yeah, because I was about to say, I mean, no Blake Snell. No, you Darvish. No, I Darvish is close. Snell is not close. No, Eric Lauer. <laughs> 13 punch out. Eric Lauer that was disgusting. All right, yeah. let's go to the honorable mentions. Let's launch into the top 15 because Max Freed is a top 10 or is a uh, top 15 pitcher. Uh, Max has had an objectively great stretch since the start of the shortened 2020 season. 11 starts in 2020, he had a 225 ERA. 28 starts in 2021. He had a 304 ERA. The improvement came in the strikeouts and the walks from 2020 to 2021. His K rate jumped, his walk rate dropped. He's improving as a pitcher. He is improving as a pitcher. He's one of the best left handed pitchers in the sport. And I wouldn't be shocked if he won a Cy Young Award this year. He's, he has a 3.00 ERA this year, and his first two starts were dreadful. Yeah. Um, I mean, the curveball is disgusting. He's he's just a really good pitcher. Yeah. Next one is Joe Musgrove. Uh, Musgrove was the least sexy of the rotation additions for the Padres going into 2021, right? Blake Snell was the big ad. Clevenger right behind him at the deadline in 2020. You Darvish was a massive ad. Turns out that Joe Musgrove is probably the best one. In 181 innings last year, he had a 3.18 ERA with the best strikeout rate of his career by 6%. What I love about Musgrove is he's slider primary, and the slider is so good. 
every year of his career, he's held opponents to a batting average against the slider under 200. The best news is his slider usage goes up every single year. He figured out what he does really well, and he's decided to do it more and more and more. Now he's throwing it 30% this year. It's the most he's ever thrown it in a season. And the slider is just disgusting. I mean, last year, opponents at 160 against the pitch. Now they're hitting 200 against the pitch this year. 216 ERA, 3-0 in 2022. He's a guy who was also fringe honorable mentions, but I'm glad he's in here because he really is a top 15 pitcher. Dude, and, and tell me about the eye test. I mean, this guy over many. I test this guy's passing with flying colors right now. I texted you during spring training. I was like, Musgrove looks electric. Yeah. The fastball is jumping out of his hand. The slider is dumb. And he has parlayed that into a great start to the regular season. I think if I had to dive into your psyche, you would put Joe Musgrove number 10. I think so. I think you would. And that because that's how much you like Joe Musgrove. And I, I, he wouldn't be 10 for me, but he would be close to the top 15 for me. And it's the eye test. You're right. You see something a little bit more than I do. I still think he's really good, but I, not as much as you. I see him working downhill and snapping off that demon of a slider and then just pumping mid-90s fastballs, letter high. The way no that those too. two work off each other, eye test, flying colors. He's a no-hitter guy, too. He is a no-hitter guy. San Diego's own. Uh, next honorable mention is Sandy Alcantara. This is a fringe top 10 guy, too. He's another innings eater. The newly extended ace of the Miami Marlins was one of four guys to throw more than 200 innings last year, and he had a sub 3-2 ERA with over 200 strikeouts in those innings. Sandy is third among qualified starters in fastball velocity. He's sitting 97.5 with a pitch that opponents hit 150 against. They hit 150 against his fastball. He's got a true four-pitch mix, fastball, slider, sinker, changeup, all being used between 21 and 33%. You are always on your toes against Sandy. One of four pitchers to throw over 200 innings. He's a six foot five, 230 pound horse on the mound for Miami. And he's going to be good for a really long time. His mechanics are repeatable. He's not super high effort either. It feels smooth. Durability has not been a problem for him so far. And I don't see it really being a problem moving forward. Yeah. I, you want durability? JV, baby, Justin Verlander is timeless. Kind of wild that when a 39-year-old man is sitting 95 with his fastball, right? He's an innings eater in his Cy Young season in 2019. And yes, he just won a Cy Young in 2019. He threw 223 innings and started 34 games. The strikeout numbers have shot past the 3,000 marker, and JV's got plenty left in the tank in 2022, and he's making that known right away. So Justin Verlander was my guy who I didn't put in my original honorable mentions. I still think he can perform like a top 15 pitcher, but coming off an injury, I just have my concerns. But so far, he's looked amazing, and that's what kind of gave me the okay. I know that Justin Verlander, as long as he's healthy, is going to turn in an amazing season. I thought we might see a dip in below, but back in 2020, he was averaging 94.9 on the fastball. This year, it's 94.5, and it's April, and he hasn't added a ton of time to get going due to spring training. That's going to tick up a little bit, I think, and I think Verlander is back to being Justin Verlander, and he really is basically the 
I mean, I've called Adam Wainwright kind of the Tom Brady, but Verlander is is really kind of that guy. So Verlander is the closest thing that our generation has to Nolan Ryan. And, and Verlander, I think it's funny, like how advanced and analytical thinking around pitching has gotten. You know, I guarantee you Verlander throws with like five rap sodos on his bullpens, but he said his biggest career goal right now, A, is to pitch until he's 45 years old. And B is to win 300 games. <laughs> like who wants to win games anymore? Nobody gives a shit, but Justin Verlander. Verlander gives a shit. Um, and if Verlander throws until he's 45, I think I was listening to the Astros broadcast. He's got to win 15-ish games until like through his age 45 season. And the way this guy's pitching right now and the way he understands his stuff and the way he's still finding 95 in that 39-year-old arm of his, I, 300 might be within the realm of possibility for him because I think pitchers, I mean, you, you don't have to care about the wins in the win column, but at least, at least for a pitcher, you know, that you went out there and you got your team to win. I don't know why Justin Verlander would care about pitcher wins unless he thinks that it could somehow keep him out of the hall of fame. But I really do think it's just, I like being the guy who has the W next to my column after my team won and I started the game. That must just be as simple as that. Verlander's already a Hall of Famer, you think, right? Clear cut? I think so. That's why I don't know why he's worried about 300 wins. I think he just wants it. I, I think, I think he, he wants, wants to be a 300-win guy. It's like how I find sex appeal in the 20-game winner. Like Julio Arias, I'm, I'm in on a 20-game winner. I mean, not to spoil it, but Julio Arias is number one because we just ranked the top 10 by how many wins they had last year. So he's actually above number one. He's number zero. Uh, it's like it's Julio Arias is the final boss of pitching in baseball in 2022. Um, last honorable mention is Logan Webb. Um, I know wins is an incredibly outdated stat, but it says a lot that Logan Webb didn't lose a game from May 5th, 2021 until April 19th, 2022. This guy constantly goes out there and puts together quality inning after quality inning. He logged a 303 ERA and a 272 FIP across 26 starts last year. And it was a massive breakout campaign for him. The sinker slider changeup mix he boasts is one of the best ground ball repertoires in baseball right now. My only worry with Logan Webb, because Logan Webb gives up a lot of soft contact. So generally, he's going to be successful whether or not he's striking out hitters. But last year, he struck out 26% of hitters. This year, he's striking out just 17. The stuff doesn't look as crisp. The shape to the changeup and the sinker and the slider don't look as good as last year, but it is early and he still performed pretty well this year. He has a 2.96 ERA. He's totally fine. It's just if I have to poke a little hole in him, it would just be that the swing and miss numbers are not there right now. Moving forward, best ground ball guy in the game. Is it Logan Webb or is it Framber Valdez? Logan Webb. Framber, Framber Valdez is, is another notable omission, and so is Lance McCullers Jr., but unfortunately, McCullers Jr. is on the, is on the shelf. I mean, even Luis Garcia has a, has a shot in here, but it's Logan Webb. Logan Webb is the best ground ball pitcher in baseball. Okay, hey, let's get to his teammate at 10. Number 10, yes, Carlos Rodon is the 10th best pitcher in baseball, and he's pitching like the best in baseball in 2022. When he's healthy, it's 98-mile-an-hour heat at the top of the zone with one of the best sliders in the world. Rodon on the Giants screams success with the way they handle veterans and keep them healthy. 
He was one of the best pitchers when healthy last year, rocking a 2-3-7 ERA and striking out 35% of hitters he faced. Since 2021, with at least 150 innings, he's number one in ERA. Number one at 2.20. He also made adjustments this year that led to just allowing three runs through his first four starts. He ditched the changeup and is throwing the curveball more. He's thrown that curveball 27 times so far, and it's been hit zero times. The three-pitch mix is elite, and as long as Rodon's healthy, he's one of the best in the game. Yeah, so the, <laughs> this was the guy that I was like screaming, like borderline crying about I know. on the phone. Because um, here's my thing. I have watched Rodon since he was at NC State, and I knew the White Sox were picking third overall. I know. I saw them grab him. I was jumping for joy. I was like, we just got the ace. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then it just never, ever, ever, ever worked out. He was a 22-year-old in 2015. Started 23 games for the White Sox. Had a sub-4 ERA. Threw 140 innings. Next year, threw 165 innings. That was as a 23-year-old. Since then, the guy had never thrown more than 120 innings. He had only gotten over 100 innings once. And then last year, the guy looks like the next coming of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, the forearm hurts and the elbow hurts and then the shoulder hurts and then the back hurts. I've seen this so many times. I've seen this so many times. And, oh, my God, I want nothing more than for him to throw 180 innings this year and win a Cy Young and run away with it. I want that so badly for him because I saw the trials and the tribulations he went through as a White Sox. Threw a no-hitter for my favorite team last year. This guy went through Tommy John. He was non-tendered. And he was brought out, he was brought back on a one-year, $3 million prove-it deal. This guy is one of my favorite pitchers in the game. I just have no faith that he can stay healthy. So I said he can't be top 10 until he proves that he can stay healthy. But right after I said that to you, uh, he put together another insane start. So this guy threw 23 innings so far this year has punched out 38 guys and has allowed three earned runs. I, I can't rebut. I have a question for you. Doesn't, haven't we had this same conversation when we talked about outfielders? We talked about Byron Buxton. How Byron Buxton has not played that many games, but in those games, He's one of the best in baseball. I'm telling you, Jack, when Rodon is on, and you know this better than most, you're talking about winning a Cy Young and all these possibilities. That's exactly what we're talking about here. We're talking about when healthy, he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I said something that I didn't really want to put on record. And I'm not. You know what? Uh, should I put it on record? Don't do it. Don't do it. That was, no. You no, can I'm saving it. you from this take. Thank you. It's, it's a take that I have. Regardless, we're going we're gonna to bypass that. You know, you know what? No, fuck that. No, dude. Yes. I'm going to mute you. Don't mute me because I'm a Yankee fan. You know, this is coming from straight in my heart. So is it biased? You could probably throw that out the window and say that it is, but it's biased in the opposite way because when I'm starting this season and I'm looking at the pitchers and I'm watching how they pitch right now, I want Carlos Rodon on the mound over Garrett Cole. And I know that sounds blasphemous and it sounds terrible, but with the way they performed this year, you'd clearly want Rodon, but moving forward, you definitely want Cole because of the durability. But I'm saying right now, like when in my head, I was thinking if I've one start tomorrow and the laser beam is pointed at me 
I want Rodon right now over Garrett Cole. But Garrett Cole is a better pitcher and is ranked higher on this list. But that's how good that's how good I think Rodon is when he's healthy. And now he's on the San Francisco freaking Giants, the team that turns veterans into these into these superstars. I mean, they've done it with Crawford, they've done it with Belt, and they've kept all their pitchers healthy. And they did it with Gosman and last Wood year. And Gosman, and they just know what they're doing. I think they're going to use Rodon to the best of his abilities, and he's going to turn in a Cy Young type season this year. And he's already off to a great start. You you laid out the numbers. Yeah, this would this would be amazing, and it wouldn't kill me as bad as you think it would. Like I I wouldn't be that pissed if he wins his Cy Young the first year that he's not a White Sox because this guy just deserves it. Um, but I, can I ask you the question? Like yeah. today, you have one start, laser beam pointing at you. Like Jack, if you give up. If your pitcher gives up more than two runs, we're going to destroy the planet. Do you want Carlos Rodon today, or do you want Garrett Cole today? I'm going to make sure Garrett Cole has that weird sticky shit on his butt, and, and then I, I'm rolling with Garrett Cole. <laughs> I don't believe that was sticky stuff. Do you think he pooped his pants? I think it might have been poop. <laughs> you think he, <laughs> so he was licking poop. You see that? Because he would go directly from the stain to his mouth. <laughs> and that is, is Garrett Cole. Okay. Would you rather have Garrett Cole using spider tack or eating his own poop? Eating his own. Oh, no. It's a toss up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Off this. Um, <laughs> 2021 was Julio Arias's breakout, and he is the ninth best pitcher in the game. Julio debuted as a 19-year-old in 2016, and it was surprising. In 15 starts, he had a 3-4 ERA. Pretty solid. Then came a couple of years of mediocrity. He was a quadruple-A guy, followed by a 2019 spent in the Dodger bullpen. But in 2020, Julio was a fly ball wizard. He got weak contact in the air across 10 starts, and he closed out the World Series. He got them to win. He was a bullpen ace during that elongated postseason run in 2020. Last year. The dude turned it on. After never throwing more than 80 innings in a season, Urias started 32 games. He logged 185 innings. He struck out 195 guys, and he was, wait for it, a 20-game winner with a sub-3 ERA. Julio has decided to scrap the slider entirely from the early goings of his career and rely on three pitches, a mid-90s fastball, a tumbling and at times gravity-defying curveball, and a taste-breaking changeup, and they all work. And my favorite part about Julio Arias, dude's 25 years old. Feels like he's been in the game forever. He's starting his seventh year of Major League Baseball right now, and he's 25. He's got as bright of a future as anybody on this list. I agree. As bright of a future on anybody on this list, and probably should be higher because he won 20 games last year. I'm in. We said he was zero. But in actuality, this is who Julio Arias is. He is a next-generation clone of Fernando Venezuela. I mean, not as electric, but he's going to have a much longer career than than Fernando Venezuela, at least what I think right now at age 25. The curveball, Jack performed last year as one of, if not the best curveball in all of baseball. He's got a disgusting pitch mix, and he turns it on when it comes to the playoffs, too. It's hard not to love just a bulldog like Julio Arias. My only issue is, so far this year, his fastball is down two miles an hour from last year, but that's it, because he's still performing well, but just something to monitor. 
The fastball is down two miles an hour from last year, but it's funny. Opponents are only hitting 150 against it this year, and they're actually hitting it better against all of his other pitches. So weirdly, the slower fastball is currently working, but I mean, it's not that repeatable, but at least the results are there. Right now, he's a three ERA. He's just... He's one of my favorite pitchers in baseball to watch too, because he works a little bit quicker too. And he throws strikes. He doesn't walk anybody. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of Julio. I think this guy, um, he he's got the ability and I just got the, the slugging percentage against curveballs in 2021 with a minimum of a hundred plate appearances ending on a breaking ball. Um, Corbin Burns was number one, understandably. Morton, two. Framber Valdez, three. Musgrove, Marquez, Woodruff, McCullers. Um, Urias is top 10, though. It was better than Max Freed. It was better than Walker Bueller. It was better than Bieber when he was healthy. It was better than Barrios. Um, and it was better than uh, the Cy Young winner this year, Merrill Kelly. Um, so, like, you know, Urias has one of the better curveballs in baseball when you look at guys' ability to do damage. Um do I think that guys higher on this list have more electric stuff? Yeah. But when you look at moving forward, I think Arias is probably two or three. If, if everybody were to restart and, you know, you could just do like this draft from scratch of the guys that we have on these lists, I think Arias is probably two or three that I would want moving forward. I don't think that's that far off. I just think it's funny that he's, I guess, what do you say? Ninth in, in slugging percentage on that curveball last Tenth. year. Tenth. He threw it 953 times last year and he allowed nine extra base hits. Yeah. So, I mean, what is the next guy at eight? Like it's look, that good of a curveball. Look at Woba. He's, um, he's fifth. There you go. There you he's go. better than Musgrove, Yavaldi, Fromber, Freed, Bueller. Look at you using Woba, you fucking nerd. Yeah, dude. I hated that. <laughs> oh God. I'm going to go take a shower after this. <laughs> Let's move on to number eight. Brandon Woodruff doesn't get a lot of love because he's the second best pitcher on his team and he plays in Milwaukee, but he checks in at number eight. He finished top five in ERA and FIP in 2021 in one of the most hitter friendly ballparks at American Family Field in Milwaukee. He struck out 30% of batters in 2021 with a high 90s fastball and a sinker plus three other disgusting off-speed pitches. His curveball is one of the best in baseball as well, with 50-plus inches of vertical drop, but the changeup and the slider are both plus offerings. He's also been super durable over these past few seasons. Jack, I cannot find a singular hole in Brandon Woodruff's game. I can. It's called command. <laughs> Brandon Woodruff, to start 2022, um, I'm just going to run through here. the game logs here. He, yeah. he was... Good in his second start against St. Louis, but the guy in three of his four starts has surrendered multiple walks. Um, his season opening start granted terrible weather in Chicago. Okay, three and two thirds, six hits, seven earned, two punch outs, three walks. His last time out was against the Pirates. Uh, that was bad. Four innings, seven hits, four earned, six punch outs, two walks. This guy is not firing on all cylinders right now. I think he could be higher on this list if he had a really good. Pardon, if he had a really good start to 2022. But the reality is, for as good as he was in 2021, he has not replicated any of what he did in 2021 so far this year. Yeah, he's a hard thrower. Yes, he's got tight breaking stuff. He's got all these things working for him in the stuff department, but the results are not there right now because he's not locating. I think when the weather warms up, it's going to be easier for him. Um, but 
he's going through this acclimatization process right now, and it's not really working. The reason why I don't really care what he looks like this year, to be quite honest with you, I think he's going to be perfectly fine because all the stuff still looks great. It's just the command has been a little bit off to start the year in a spring training where pitchers didn't get as much run as they might normally would. Since 2019, 2020, 2021, 6.1% walk rate each of those years. So his command is not really ever a problem. This year, it's at 9.6%. That's going to creep down to 6.1%. Probably, again, kind of like, remember when Chris Davis of the A's hit like 248 for four straight years or yeah, something? Chris with a K. Chris with a K. Woodruff might be at 6.1% walk rate this year as well. I don't think if he, like, let's say he had a 1.00 ERA through four starts, would he be higher than our seventh guy? And I think if he was getting blown up, I don't think he'd be lower than number nine. I think eight is just where he should be. Yeah, I, I think he would be higher than our seventh guy because really? as as somebody who's been a truther of number seven for as long as I can remember, I'm slamming the panic button on seven. Mm, I'm not, but I'm doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the dive right now. You okay. ready? I'm ready. So Shane Bieber checks in at seven and out of the top 10, I think this might be the sell high candidate for me. At this point last year, I was petitioning strongly against you for Shane Bieber to be number two on the list ahead of Garrett Cole, right? I'm sure we all remember that. His 2020 season, utterly insane. And route to his first Cy Young, he led the American League in wins, ERA, strikeouts, FIP, hits per nine, strikeouts per nine. He was the best pitcher in the AL, and it was not close. In 2021, he looked like he was going to replicate that, right? He started 16 games. He was an all-star, and through 96 and two-thirds, he punched out 134 guys. Then shoulder issues ended his year. Not elbow, shoulder. In the early goings of this season, Bieber has not looked anywhere close to the same. Strictly looking at fastball velocity, it's the lowest mark of his career by two miles per hour, and it's getting the least spin of his career by 1,000 RPMs. The most worrisome part, and I know that velo and spin kind of go hand in hand, but the most worrisome part is that the same exact thing can be said about his slider and his curveball. Fastball velocity is down two miles an hour. Fastball spin down 1,000 RPMs. Slider velocity down a mile and a half per hour. Slider spin down over 1,000 RPMs. Curveball velocity down by a mile per hour. Curveball spin down by more than 1,000 RPMs. Compared to 20 and 21, all three pitches are significantly slower and spinning significantly less. We'll continue to monitor, obviously, but I'm terrified that the new Bieber might be the guy that's currently posting a 2.82 ERA and less than a strikeout per inning. Still pretty good. But that's not who Bieber is. Bieber is flirting with two and striking out 12 per nine. He struck out 14 guys per nine innings in 2020. I think that's the worrisome part is the, the drop and spin on the off-speed pitches and the drop and spin off the fastball and the lack of velocity. I agree with you. It there shows are you reasons. that not right, but we've seen nagging shoulder issues literally never go away. But that's also how good he is that even with issues battling through them, he's performing like one of the better pitchers in baseball. And he's given up a lot of hard contact. So he has gotten pretty lucky this year. You know, with the offense dead, a lot of those balls that may have gotten out of the ballpark are now warning track flyouts. So, yeah, Shane Bieber has gotten kind of lucky this year. And maybe that changes when the weather gets hot. But I also think that Bieber could 
then kind of ramp it back up a little bit as he gets going more. I'm just not very quick to start jumping on these pitchers early. I just need more data with them. So that's why this list is really about 2021. We're talking about 2022 as well, just kind of where they're at right now. And Bieber is, you know, the stuff is concerning, but the results have been fine. And I still think he's going to have a great season this year. Yeah. As long so as he if, stays healthy. If I've got the utmost confidence in anybody on this list to perform without their best stuff, I think number one is Scherzer, who we'll get to eventually. And, and number two is Bieber. Like, I think Shane Bieber can work around not having his A stuff better than pretty much anybody on this list. Yeah, because um, fastball, there's a problem. But it's, it's not like anybody's hitting his slider or his curveball or his I mean, he doesn't really throw a changeup. Yeah, they're all down, but they're still gross. Yeah, they're still getting guys out, and his command has been good too. So it's not, it's not the end of the world, but it is something to watch. You were, you were kind of pretending like it's the end of the world here, but I think it's because you're such a Shane Bieber truther. I'm, I'm scared that it's the end of Shane Bieber's world as we know it. You know what I mean? Like when Bieber was healthy in 2020 and 2021, that dude carved all the time, all the time. You're not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I just think he's gonna be totally fine this year. Like I, I just I don't I don't see him like for example, like would you rather have Rodon or Bieber this year? Rodon. All right, there you go. So why are we even doing a top ten if we have like Bieber seven? And you're like, I like Rodon better this year. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> you just oh. did. You just did. No, this is called gaslighting. I don't like this. Let's go to number six before I gaslight Jack anymore. Zach Wheeler finished second in Cy Young voting in 2021, and he finished 12th in 2020, and now finds himself at six on our top 10 pitchers list. Wheeler averaged 97.2 miles an hour on his fastball last year. That was fourth among all starters in 2021. He pairs that with a 96-mile-an-hour sinker, a 92-mile-an-hour slider, and an 81-mile-an-hour curveball. Three speeds, all nasty. In this day and age where starters don't throw as many innings, Wheeler led the league in innings at 213 and was the only pitcher with three complete games, two shutouts, and was one of four to throw over 200 innings. Wheeler has gotten off to a bumpy start in 2022 as he's been dealing with a little bit of shoulder stuff. It's definitely something to watch, but when he's healthy, he's one of the six guys that I want on the mound the most. Wheeler shoulder shit scares me, but I... Would you rather have Rodon or Wheeler? Shut up. <laughs> I'm not playing this game anymore. <laughs> Let's just get Rodon up to like two. I'm done. I'm so done. Um, no, I mean, here's the thing. If you told me when Wheeler was in New York that durability was going to be the name of the game for him, I would have laughed you off of the face of the earth. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're lying. Like you're, you're joking. And here we are. And he threw like, what, 230 innings last year? 213. Led a baseball. Yeah, dude. I mean, the the thing about Wheeler is everything is power. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it last year. This guy is, do you have his height and weight in front of you? His height and weight in front of me? I don't, but I can get it in front of me. I can get it right Five now. seconds. Zach Wheeler, beauty of the internet, is 6'4", 195. That dude throws like he's 6'8", 250. Like he works downhill and everything is hard as shit. You've got that blazing fast fastball. You've got that tight curveball. You've got everything tumbling at hitters, and it looks like guys are just overmatched. He pitches bigger than he is. 
And I think that resulted in him just being an innings accumulator. I love it. And I love watching him pitch when he's on. Problem is, right now, he's not on. I just don't know. You're so afraid of Shane Bieber, but you're not so afraid of Zach Wheeler. For example, Zach Wheeler is down two miles an hour in fastball velocity. 97.2 last year, 95.2 this year. Um, the slider, I mean, all of the spin, uh, the spin rates aren't really down that much uh, besides the curveball, but he doesn't throw the curveball barely that much anyway. So, no, I'm worried. I'm worried about Wheeler. Um, you know, the reason why I'm most worried, though, started three games. He's 0-3. No wins yet. Loser. Should we <laughs> drop him? He's a loser. <laughs> I just think. I'm just not, I'm not judging these pitchers early. I guess that's the big part about this. I'm not judging these pitchers early. This is a list we're projected for 2022. I think Zach Wheeler, when healthy, is one of the six best pitchers in baseball. Yes, I'm, I'm 150% with you. Um, but now we get into the top five, and this guy was, was my pick to be best in the game by the end of this year. Uh, and he's helping his case. Walker Bueller is one of our favorite arms as a collective at just baseball. And Walker Bueller is an absolute horse. Bueller's just getting going with his fifth full season of Major League Baseball. And this guy is, and I think everybody can attest to this, as big of a gamer as we've got on the mound right now. This dude rises for the moment. He's sporting a career 289 ERA and is coming off his seasons with 200 plus punch outs in 2019 and 2021. He's not missing bats as often as we've become accustomed to in the early goings of this year. But he is coming off of a complete game shutout of the Diamondbacks on Monday where he allowed three hits and he punched out 10. He walked zero. Bueller's got a legit five-pitch mix, and he gets stupid spin on his fastball and his breaking pitches. The fastball lives up in the zone and carries on guys, and the breaking balls snap off like nobody's business. For a guy that simply doesn't walk anyone and hasn't throughout the entirety of his career, his swing and miss and chase numbers are are top flight. Bueller is one of the best, and he's going to be for a long time. And I mentioned with Urias, he's probably two or three. If I had to start from scratch and I could pick one pitcher moving forward from this point on, Urias is two for me, I think. Walker Bueller is the guy that I want moving forward. Wow. For me, it's going to stay Corbin Burns, just how he's been performing. But if you gave me a second one, it'd be Bueller. Walker Bueller reminds me of a mini Verlander. That's what I've been saying since the beginning. Of, I mean, I've been saying it since 2019, but I'm saying it since the beginning of this podcast. He's got the tight pants. He's got the high spin fastball that he just blows by people. And he's got the cutter and the curveball and the slider and the changeup. And he even throws a sinker when he feels like it. This is a six pitch guy. Always good in the playoffs too. Only 27 years old. Yeah. And that was the first shutout, I think, since Ranger Suarez did it last year. Yeah, it was the first shutout of this year. First shutout for the Dodgers, I think, since like 2016 with Clayton Kershaw. So I I think Bueller hits the open market after the 2023 season. You think this guy gets like highest average annual value for a pitcher ever? When did you say he's going to be a free agent? What what age? I think after 2023. So that would be as a 29-year-old. I don't think he's going to get a cr- – I think he's probably going to get a seven- or eight-year deal for a ton of money. This dude's going to get a bag. Yeah, he's going to get a crazy bag. 
And this is also a guy who always outperforms his peripherals. Like, that's the big thing about Walker Buehler. I've seen so many people in our comment section, like, why are these guys obsessed with Walker Buehler? Look at the advanced numbers. Like, we're looking at the advanced numbers. We understand that every year, but he outperforms them. And that's the thing with Walker Buehler. He's great at that. His pitches are phenomenal. He's just a He's one of the top five pitchers in baseball. He's number five for us. And the other thing is the advanced numbers are not bad. No, they're not bad. The advanced numbers still indicate that he's a top 10 pitcher. It's just we think he's top five because this dude shoves. And it's our list. Number four is going to – it might surprise people because I don't think he's number four on a lot of lists. Our next pitcher is one of the most ridiculed by fans of opposing teams and occasionally by his own team. But Garrett Cole is still Garrett Cole, and he checks in at number four. Since 2019, not only is he second in ERA, but he has almost 100 more strikeouts than second-place Max Scherzer in that span. In 2020, he finished fourth in Cy Young voting. And in 2021, I think he should have won the Cy Young, but he finished second. Cole gets a lot of heat for his performance in the AL wildcard game because he blew it for the Yankees. But even with that start, he has a 2.96 ERA in his career in the playoffs, which is even better than his career ERA of 3.21. He's still lighting up radar guns at 100 miles an hour, but he's gotten off to a slow start in 2022. But he will be near the top of this year's Cy Young voting when it's all said and done. Yeah, let's just look at the gun, right? Among qualified pitchers, Jordan Hicks is sitting 100 with his fastball. That's number one. Number two is Hunter Green. He's at 98.8. Number three is Spencer freaking Strider, who's at 98.6. And then Garrett Cole is number four at 97.6. Garrett Cole is the best pitcher that I just named. Like, he uses velo to his best abilities. And this guy lives off of a freaking hard-ass fastball. And he was the first one to do it. And I think Garrett Cole gets a lot of flack, too. And I I give him flack all the time because it's it's giving up a home run in the first inning. But... The thing with Garrett Cole, he's the ultimate pitcher that can settle in, right? You see a first inning home run, maybe he, he threw a 99 mile an hour at the top of the zone and they just poked it out because, you know, it's coming in hot. It's going to go out hot and, you know, it might be 2-0 Yankees, but then you look in the sixth inning and it's 2-2 Yankees because he hasn't allowed a run since. That's the Garrett Cole. And if he just gets out of the first inning, you're almost guaranteed one or maybe two runs through seven. He's... He's a fantastic pitcher, but then again, sticky stuff. It's a problem. Since that date, he has not been the same guy. He has been a four ERA guy, not a two ERA guy. The blow up last year in the postseason. When I was asking you, Jack, and when we were coming up with the list, I asked one game, game seven, who do you want? And Garrett Cole finished fourth when we were talking. That's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because I, I think with Cole, we hold him to a higher standard than pretty much everybody. Because we hold he him is, to a DeGrom standard, basically. We hold him to a DeGrom standard because he was a $324 million guy for the Yankees. Yes. You know, he's, he's that guy. He's we the, should he hold is, him to that standard. I think he wanted to be held to that standard. I, he, he's a competitive person. If you're going to be held to a standard, you want to be held to the highest standard. And he proved that he is willing to try and meet the highest standard. And right now, like... I think that part of this ranking subconsciously is a testament to the fact that we think that he was using substance to his benefit. I think it's clear he was using substance to his benefit. Did you see in the 
that horrible interview. I mean, it wasn't horrible for I, Ken Davidoff, who was actually on our, he just asked the question. I don't know how to respond to that. That's my Gary Cole impression. Do you like it? It was honestly pretty spot on. That's the scary <laughs> part about it. It's clear that he was using it, but it's also clear that your favorite pitcher was probably using it. Probably most of the pitchers on this list have used it. But since then, he is not fully adjusted from using a great start in his last outing and he faces the Rays in his next outing. We'll see. Maybe puts together another great start again and he's right back into being the absolute ace. But I think right now, number four is a perfect spot for him going forward in 2022 because more than likely he could still win the Cy Young. But there, these three guys, I want ahead of them. Yeah, see, my favorite pitchers use sunscreen and rosin. Yours uses spider tack. <laughs> I'm a Tyler Glass now guy. Um, all right, the number three pitcher on this list is James Karinchak. I <laughs> um, <laughs> thought I could make one more spider tack joke before we got moving on. Yeah. Uh, Anyone right. else? Serious face now. Serious face. Max Scherzer is a first. Is a poof. Max Scherzer is a future first ballot Hall of Famer. Three-time Cy Young Award winner. He has led the league in innings pitched twice. He's been the strikeout king three times. He's led the league in whip five times. He's led the league in strikeouts per nine three times. Strikeout to walk ratio four times. And wins four times. His arsenal has changed. The first Cy Young he won was as a 28-year-old in Detroit in 2013. And when he was firing in high 90s fastballs with ease, right? Now a different Max. He's mixing more than he ever has He's relying on fastball spin as opposed to velocity, and he's pitching to soft contact instead of no contact. The difference in production has been absolutely zero. Last year as a 36-year-old between the Nats and the Dodgers, Max had a 2-4-6 ERA, 236 strikeouts, and he led the league in whip, hits per nine, and walks per nine. Max is one of 19 guys in baseball history that have struck out 3,000 hitters. And he's got a higher career war than John Smoltz, than Doc Halliday, than Bob Feller. This guy is a legitimate baseball legend that's still active, and he is aged like the Cabernet Sauvignon at the back of a cellar in Napa, baby. If you're listening to this podcast, and you're listening to this and you're saying, how is it possible that they have Garrett Cole over Max Scherzer? Isn't that just so reactionary? And you may be right on that. But at this point, ask yourself, game seven, laser beam pointing at your skull. I want Max Scherzer over Garrett Cole. Since 2019, and Garrett Cole was the pitcher of all pitchers in 2019. That's why his stats look great from that date on. But Max Scherzer's stats are right in line with Garrett Cole. Max Scherzer has more postseason success than Garrett Cole does. Max Scherzer, although older, looks great to start the year. If we're talking to start the year, he's 3-0 with a 1.80 ERA. He's got 33 Ks in 25 innings, and he's not walking anybody. He's not giving up any hits either. And when we're looking at fastball velocity, a lot of the other guys, maybe they've dipped a little bit, or maybe the spin rates are off. Nope. 94 last year. 94 this year spin rate is almost basically the same this is still the max scherzer from last year the same max scherzer that was one of the best pitchers and now he will continue to be one of the best pitchers and i trust him more than i degrom like he i mean he could be two he really could be two you know this guy brings me pure relaxation and comfort knowing that he's a sociopathic serial killer nut job on the mound yeah seriously uh, this that guy, makes me feel I mean, good about him and safe 
he, he looks like a psycho menace and that like calms me down if I want him to have a good start. I'm like, okay, the crazier look in Max Scherzer's eye, the better. And choose which eye, the blue one or the brown one. I don't care. Like it's the way that this guy looks on the mound. It is unparalleled. Like the closest thing I've seen to it is Chris Sale. And I'll take Max Scherzer's crazy face over, over Chris Sale's crazy face 10 days out of 10. His only kryptonite is when you slap him on the ass when he's going into the dugout after a Don't good inning. Don't fucking touch me. Don't fucking touch me. That's his only kryptonite. That's when he gets loose. Not after, you know, a tough game. Not after any of that. No, it's when you hit him in the butt when he's walking into the dugout. Yeah. But number two, Corbin Burns is an MLB The Show cheat code in real life. 2020 was the first year in which Burns started in the Brewers rotation, and he never looked back, and he's the second best pitcher in the game. Since 2020, Corbin Burns is number one in ERA, number one in FIP, number one in XFIP, number one in war, and second in strikeouts for all pitchers that qualify. Burns is known for his high 90s cutter. That's one of the best pitches in baseball, but he tunnels it with this high 90s sinker, so you just have to guess where the ball is going. And if you somehow lock on either one of those pitches, he's got a curveball that opponents only hit 069 against last year. And he's also got a changeup, and he's got a slider that opponents hit under 200 against. The 2021 NL Cy Young Award winner is just 27 years old, and he's probably going to add another Cy Young to his mantle this year if he continues on the torrid stretch he's already on. So Burns and Bueller are the same age. Yeah. I don't think that clicks for many people. I don't think it clicks for you. Burns is 35 years old. I decided he's 35. He's not 27. 27 years old. This guy really just started in the rotation in 2020 because his first two years, he was coming out of the bullpen. He had like ERAs and the fives and the six, like wasn't good. They put him in the bullpen. He had nine starts in 2020 pitched to an ERA under two five. And we were like, Oh, who's that guy? And on our episode, I said, Corbin Burns, is my dark horse Cy Young. Did you see the cutter? Did you see what he was throwing? And then he won it in 2021. And then now he looks unhittable again. He had the lowest FIP since like Pedro Martinez in the 90s. This is a pitcher that we're dealing with here that doesn't throw a four seam because he tunnels with 97 mile an hour cutters and 97 mile an hour sinkers. And then he's got a bunch of other off-speed pitches. You can't touch the guy, Jack. And the eye test matches up too. He is one, he's one B to DeGrom's one A, in my opinion. I I genuinely believe if you scrapped all the breaking pitches, Burns could still have a sub three ERA, throwing strictly the sinker and the cutter. You th- you put him in the bullpen, he's class A with just the cutter. Yes. Then he could start tunnel up to 100. So, and that's one pitch. I mean, he's got five. The, so I've, you know, the progression for him, the the career transformation um, from, you know, middling bullpen arm to best healthy starting pitcher in the game is all predicated on the cutter, right? It all stems from the cutter. Um, and I, I think it's very funny reading all of these interviews that, that Burns has done and people around Burns have done. Um, the backdoor cutter was a foreign concept until they realized that Burns can still get good cutting movement on it. Like nobody, nobody can backdoor cutters with the movement that Corbin Burns has. 
Mariano Rivera cannot backdoor cutters with the movement that Corbin Burns has. No. I mean, yeah, I can. Backdoor? Yeah, he can. Only Mariano can. Arm side of the plate. Cutters? I don't think Mo can do what Burns is doing with this pitch. Well, he can't throw it as hard as Corbin Burns can. And he can't throw it for six innings like Corbin Burns can. So I I see what you're saying. But I've been watch Yankee games, Mariano could backdoor cutter. Yeah, okay, fair. Well, he definitely can't now because he's like, he's 48 or 49. But I know what you're saying, though, because it's the consistency from a starter. Like, we haven't seen starters do this. Like, it's different in the bullpen. It's just they have one inning and Mariano's one pitch. Like, and he, it's the greatest pitch ever. But if you compare him to literally anybody else, could be the second best cutter of all time. Yeah. Is that blasphemous right there? No, I, I don't think that's blasphemous. I think what, what I was saying would be interpreted as more blasphemous. I think you're right. But you know what? Embrace debate. We're boys. You know, we keep each other grounded a little bit. I'm trying to put Rodon over. The problem is. I'm trying to put Rodon at number two. And here's you're like, relax. Here's the thing. We're doing this and we're recording via Zoom. But after this, I'm going to let the Zoom download onto my computer. And then I'm going to publish it for the entire world to see. And we're going to have however many people listen to this and be like, these two guys are idiots. Are they? Idiots. Do they just think they're talking to each other? Just ask. And, God, we're idiots. Um, all right. Number one, fair. Jacob deGrom. He's the undisputed when he's healthy. Back-to-back Cy Youngs in 2018, 2019. He was the ERA and the FIP king in 2018. He was the strikeout king in both 2019 and 2020. And in 2021, he struck out 146 guys and had a 1.08 ERA in 92 innings. Last year... This guy had a 4.9 F war in 92 innings. That was a 10th of a win better than Kevin Gosman with literally a hundred fewer innings pitched. If he qualified last year, 14.3 strikeouts per nine would have blown past the major league record for a full season. Problem is health, right? He had pretty much no problems until last season. He's had four IL stints in his entire career Three of them have come in the last 365 days. Right now, it's a stress reaction in his right scap that shut him down. But MRIs Monday, they showed legitimate improvement. And the King is ramping back up to join the Mets in due time. I cannot wait to see him back on the mound. But this is why I say, is Jacob deGrom better than Corbin Burns? Jacob DeGrom only won 10 games in 2018, Jack. Yeah. Like, he won 11 games in 2019. He's not – he doesn't have enough pitcher wins. No, and that's why – didn't Rick Porcello win the Cy Young with, like, 20 20 wins or something? And that's why Rick Porcello was probably better than Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. No, but for real, what what do you want me to say to you? Do you want me to say that – Nobody can hit his fastball because it's at 102. You'd be right. Are you you want me to say that he has an amazing slider at 93? Yeah, you're also right. Does he throw a changeup sometimes? And can nobody hit it? Yep. But that's only when he wants to. And the reason I love Jacob DeGrom so much is he will go four innings of just fastballs. Then he might give up a home run or a double or just one hard hit baseball. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll throw sliders and changeups. Then he just goes to eight scoreless. He is all right. Let's do something right here. Because is he when he's on the mound? And not, I'm not talking body of work. I'm not talking the greatest pitcher of all time. But in terms of talent, he might be the best pitcher of all time. So I never saw Bob Gibson throw, and True. I only remember the back half of Pedro. 
Um, like obviously I've watched the videos of, you know, Red Sox, Pedro and all that stuff. Um, we never saw Christy Mathewson either. Walter right Johnson. we never saw walter johnson i um, kind of love like when i see a list of walter johnson still number one on your top pitchers of all time but i'm like i respect that list yeah like, how is he actually better than jacob de no, but this guy gets it yeah <laughs> I, I like it still i'm with it i'm with it um yeah no i i think the grom like when you look at a pure stuff thing like nobody's ever done what he's doing ever, ever. and i think jacob de his body is telling him you got to stop doing this shit right now like sitting 102 is a 34 year old. That's the thing. That's why sometimes I say in in all seriousness that Corbin Burns is one B to Degrom's one A because Burns has been unbelievably durable. Short samples, 2020, 2021, he was durable and he didn't throw a ton of innings. He didn't throw 200. So you know you could maybe throw that out the window, but at least since then we just haven't gotten much from Degrom while we're getting some of the best pitching seasons in terms of fielding independent pitching, which is FIP from Corbin Burns. And then Corbin Burns is pitching right now and looks unhittable while we're not seeing anything from Degrom. Is it recency bias to say it? Maybe, but Burns is performing almost as well as Degrom did when Degrom was healthy. That's why I don't think it's that bad of a take to say that Burns is right up there with Degrom due to the fact that we just don't get that many innings from Jacob Degrom. Yeah, so I I guess the only thing holding me back from saying that Degrom is the most talented is um I just haven't seen the Woba numbers on Old Hoss's Gyro Ephus. That's and true. Then once we move on from there, I I think I'm ready. He forgot about the ex Woba because we got to see we got to see if that if that gyro ephus got lucky or not. The, yeah, the, the gyro <laughs> ephus from Old Hoss Radborn. I think that is the nastiest pitch in baseball. Heard one time it was clocked at thirty five miles an hour. The next time it was clocked at one hundred and eighteen miles an hour. You know what I like about Jacob Degrom. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what I like about Jacob Degrom is the fact that he barely ever throws a changeup. Yeah. But it's one of the best changeups in baseball since, I mean, 2018. I'm going to read you the opponent batting average 124. 2019, 190. 2020, 163. 2021, 103. This year, hasn't thrown it yet this year because he hasn't <laughs> this pitched year. this year. But <laughs> Jack, he's got a third pitch that's plus plus that he only uses as a joke. Is it a fuck around pitch? Is it's it, is a fuck around it pitch. It's like, ha ha. I mean, he even, <laughs> we saw in spring training him look into the dugout and throw a first pitch curveball to grab a strike and laugh at Max Scherzer in the dugout. Like, look what I can do. That's an Are I'm bored face. Joking around on the mound. Right. He's he's so good. He's joking around on the mound. And he's still unhittable. So that's our top 10 list. Uh, just to run through it again really quick. DeGrom is one, Burns is two, Scherzer three, Cole four, Bueller five, Wheeler six, Bieber seven, Woodruff eight, Urias nine, Rodon ten, with our five honorable mentions being Webb, Verlander, Sandy, Musgrove, and Max Fried. I think people are going to be surprised that we rank Carlos Rodon over Logan Webb. Yeah, but <laughs> you got me. You, you got me at my own game. I got you at your own game? Because isn't Carlos Rodon just the Byron Buxton story at this point? Yeah, and, and a Luis Robert story. And if Luis right? Robert and Byron Buxton are top 10 outfielders, then Rodon's a top 10 pitcher. When he's on the mound, he's one of the best in the game. And we can't project injury. Like, what are we supposed to do to say we he probably will get hurt because he's gotten hurt? Like, DeGrom will probably get hurt again. And 
I mean, I, I do not want to wish that. Do not let that. That's not what I want. I'm just saying it's a possibility again, but we're not going to take him off the number one spot because it's Jacob freaking DeGrom. Yeah, I hear you. Um, before we go, sweet loop shirt, my man. See me rocking my loop shirt. Get your trading cards on loop. They're doing box breaks like every five minutes. It's awesome. I was actually on the app this morning just going through looking at all the different box breaks. It's awesome because the pulls they make are just the best. Also, check out our baseball group chat within Chalkboard. That's in the episode description as well. Um, get your Just Baseball merch. I'm currently rocking some Loop, loop merch. But get your Just Baseball merch. That's in the episode description as well. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I said Twitter twice. Y'all know Twitter the drill. twice. Why not? Elon has Twitter. Um, all right. That's that. You, me, and Aram tomorrow to, I don't know, just kind of validate everything in Major League Baseball. We'll be talking about uh, Nolan Arenado chirping back at uh, at the New York Mets. That'll be enjoyable. So, we the, Peter. We got the full week recap. The only thing I'm going to leave you on is that the Arizona Diamondbacks have now taken two straight from the Los Angeles Dodgers. With that, thank you.